before we get started this week, I want to tell you guys really quickly about my bookie. Whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, or predicting first round upsets, or even all of the above, my bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? And can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? If you know the answers, or even if you don't, MyBookie is the place to go get in on all of the action. They have something for everyone. Even you, multiple bracket guy. That's that's Andy, if you're listening to the podcast. Andy. MyBookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is, they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash in. Deposit with MyBookie today with promo code SPURT for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code SPURT. With MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. It swung on and ripped at deep left field, headed toward the wall, and gone! A bullet line drive that just cleared the barrier for the home run. Nachevaria, mamma mia! He homers to left, and the Yankees take a 1 0 lead. Nine National Football League teams that needed a quarterback last night passed on Johnny Manziel, starting with the Houston Texans who will forever regret passing on Johnny Manziel. And in a minute, I will go right down the list of teams that will forever regret passing on Johnny Manziel, who pretty soon will change football life in Cleveland, Ohio. One day, I am predicting, Johnny Manziel will become even bigger in the city of Cleveland than his buddy and business partner, LeBron James, ever was in the city of Cleveland. Penn State coach James Franklin called a timeout with his team leading and as Georgia State attempted a field goal with 11 seconds remaining. With his team trailing 56-0, Georgia State kicked a Brandon Wright lined up for a 31-yard field goal and a shot to at least get on the scoreboard. But James Franklin wasn't conceding anything. Georgia State snapped the ball and Wright launched a kick through the uprights, but Franklin got a timeout in just under the wire. That is an absolute disgrace. And this stooge tried to alibi around it. And these fans who are happy now that they're winning 56-0 and could give a damn what they did to Georgia State, sit there and make excuses for them. Didn't have a kick block team. He's got to try and block a kick at 56-0. He's a horse's ass for doing that. That's a quote. All right, welcome to another episode of Spurtability. It is March 12th, 2019. I got to start looking up the date before I do this. I do this every freaking episode. It's so annoying. Uh, but we are presented by Armchair All-Americans. And uh, go follow us on Twitter. It's at SpurtabilityPod. Um, I also, Joe, can I make one more quick advertisement before we jump into this? Uh, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it. I uh, joined my March Madness bracket tournament this year. Um, what we're doing is $15 for one bracket, $25 for two brackets. Uh, it's usually good. We usually get about 30 people. 
Um, so if you're interested, just message me your email for the invite or just make it the description when you Venmo me at James-Crange. Uh, so $15 for one bracket, $25 for two entries. And it is a good segue because, Joe, let's talk about Mammoth, who is playing tonight and you are anxious to watch after we're done recording. Um, they've got a chance to make the NCAA tournament as a 14-20 and 20 team this year if they win tonight. Yeah, it's, it's a weird um, vibe around Monmouth because, honestly, that 2016 year where they were one of the best 25 teams in the country and they didn't make the field of 64 um, has still left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Um, mm-hmm. So Yeah, didn't they win 30 games that year? They won uh, the most road games in the country. They didn't <laughs> win 30. I think they won 27. Um, but, obviously, you have to win the conference, and it's, it's just uh, – I don't know. All the people that were barking about how stupid the rule is have <laughs> completely changed their minds about this new team. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, the, they started the season 0-12. Um, their best player had left uh, just a couple weeks before the season started. Um, they're a weird mix of, like, freshmen and some redshirt guys. Um, but they do – these guys that are there have a lot of experience um, in postseason play. Um, a lot of these guys were were role players, um, like ten minute a game uh, contributors for that uh, that legendary team. Um, but to be in it is obviously a huge lift for uh, the athletic program. Um, we just had you know an, another Super Bowl ring in the family with Chris Hogan. <laughs> um, so to add a uh, an NCAA tournament bid to the resume, it's uh, Mammoth stock has never been higher. So buy in. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really cool, and, and I hope you guys win tonight against arch-rival Iona. Yeah, it, um, it is. It's, it's, a really, it's, it's a fun rivalry, um, just a really down year for the MAC. but Monmouth-Iona, even when it's for nothing, is always a great game. And the two games they've played have been really close, so they've split the series. Uh, I want to say that I am experiencing that big conference privilege this year where TCU is slated to be in despite losing – eight of their last 10 games yeah, or whatever last it is. Team in, right? uh, yeah. Last team or second to last team are supposed to be a 12 seed playing game, but I mean, I love it. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I'm happy to be in this conference, but it is crazy that teams like UNC Greensboro, um, if, if they don't win tonight, uh, I'm trying to Belmont, uh, Monmouth. Wofford's going to be an athlete at large. Wofford. Yeah. So is UNC Greensboro, are they going to win tonight? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's going to – listen, if, if you're TCU, you just got to root for chalk. I mean, uh, yeah, there's – Exactly. exactly. Listen, the, Mac, the Mac is barely a one-conference bid. I mean, whoever wins this game is going to play in the playing game. But yeah. there are some two bid mid-majors. And the Big East tournament is going to shape up a lot of this too. You you know, you should be a big uh, DePaul fan mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday. Um, maybe even um, a – not Georgetown out. I don't know how bubble-licious they are. I think Seton Hall is probably firmly in, right? Yeah, got it. But if, if Georgetown makes a run, they might sneak up in there. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think TCU is better than Baylor, personally, and Baylor's like firmly in. Well, um, I, I think TCU is better than Texas, who we've beaten pretty easily twice this year. Well, Texas, Texas has the benefit. <laughs> but, they, but they have the benefit of, of Kerwin Roach coming back, and that's always a thing with the committee. That's true. Uh, but but at 16 and 15, and if they lose against Kansas, going to 16 and 16, a pure 500 team, uh, I have a hard time seeing them as a lock for an eight or a nine seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get that they beat North Carolina and they beat Kansas and 
couple other teams. But, uh, yeah, that's that's crazy to me. I don't know. After watching TC lose by 30 to Baylor, I'm not convinced that um, that we're better than Baylor. Uh, but I, I, my point being, even as a TCU fan, I actually do like there being a chance for a team like Belmont to get in. I, I think they're more deserving than a TCU, a Texas, uh, Indiana. Um, and, and it sucks because I want to see TCU in, but I, I would like to see more mid-majors in the tournament. It makes it more fun, too. Um, I agree. Uh, I think last year with uh, the Loyola Chicago run, has um, been great for the resumes of mid majors. Yeah, um, but don't forget, you're uh, you're orange making that run when nobody thought they were they should have been in. So always keep that in the back of your mind. These mid these these uh, power fives that do struggle um, should always find their footing. And I'm I'm always going to pick Syracuse in these bracket games. Little little spoiler for you if they do get in. Mm-hmm. Um, so in South Carolina that one year, your Gamecocks making a big run. Yes, um, yeah, that was great. Yeah, all the focus going to be in in, uh, in, the, in Albany tonight, the Times Union Center, home of the Siena Saints, where uh, if I own them. I mean, it's, it's a crazy feeling to to be so close, but so far. Well, I'm I'm definitely rooting for Monmouth, uh, but I do think we should maybe transition into some baseball talk. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, <laughs> this is always kind of the theme of the show. And I want to bring back the Trevor Bauer hot take of the week, Joe, because there's something that we need to talk about, and it comes from your guy, Jose Canseco. And this is – Jose Canseco's kind of lost his mind. I mean, we all know that. Uh, he's, he's gone a little crazy. Um, and, and he's probably been crazy his whole life, and, and now he's got Twitter, so it's, it's kind of out there. But he had last tweeted before last night. He had tweeted on March 5th. Well, actually, before this, he tweeted on February 21st about um, a Bigfoot excursion that he was putting together. And then uh, he's, he was tweeting at Tim Tebow, or not even at Tim Tebow. He's just tweeting about Tim Tebow um, that he wanted to teach Tim Tebow the, the art of hitting. And he said, Tim Tebow, will you let me help you if I can hit a softball further than you can hit a baseball? Uh, which I love. I love that. But then last night came the ultimate Jose Canseco hot take when 23 hours ago he tweeted, watching World of Dance, watching J-Lo text Alex Rodriguez, little does she know that he is cheating on her with my ex-wife, Jessica. Poor girl. She has no idea who he really is. <laughs> Insane. Insane. And then I, I just want to read the whole thread, and then I'll let you give your, your thoughts on the matter. Uh, next up was I was there a few months back with her when he called her on, the, on her phone. This is the best part, too. Every single tweet is, like, a line long, and then he just, like, keeps tweeting, and he doesn't know how to thread them, so it's made, it makes it kind of hard to read. Um, and they said, Alex Rodriguez, stop being a piece of shit. Stop cheating on Jennifer Lopez. Alex Rodriguez, I challenge you to a boxing match or an MMA match anytime you want. A big shout out to Joseph Amoeba and his seven-year-old son who wears my number. Oh, okay, that was that was in between. And then I'm willing to take a polygraph to prove what I'm saying about Alex Rodriguez is 100% accurate. Um, so just just pure gold. And uh, give me your thoughts. Well, we were we were very always ahead of the game on on Canseco. We were. He, yeah. He's kind of taken on a life of his own since then, where he almost got a little too too far into it. But now he's kind of settled back into a nice rhythm. Um, where his takes are good, and he's always going to be able to to have this brand because he was the the uh, whistleblower mm-hmm. of steroids. So how could you not take this guy at his word? I think he knows <laughs> that he'll always be immune. He can say whatever he wants about anything, and he can only say, "Well, he was right about steroids." Um, 
everybody knows he's right about A-Rod. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that one. Um, the, the Tebow thing is is weird, um, but you know how I feel about A-Rod, so that, that is, is most likely true and probably not even an issue um, for those two who aren't even relatable human beings at all that just pretend to be earthlings like the rest of us. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he he's the best, and and uh, I wish he was doing this earlier in the. I mean, obviously, I guess there's more content now, but it was doing it's earlier in the year. I mean, now that there's actually stuff to talk about. <laughs> I know we have to. We we have so much to talk about, and, and we have to waste that, our time. That was, that was a bad move by his PR guys. You know, he should have known. He should have took took control of those dog days. <laughs> what one of the the great things I love seeing here is uh, people who follow him, and uh, one that you might like to hear is Ricky Lede. Yeah, our other remember, guy. Remember how great his account is. Yeah. Uh, to go yeah. along with Fernando Tatis. Uh, but yeah, no, this this is definitely worthy of a Trevor Bauer hot take. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's just awesome. Little does she know. Um, well, all right, let's move on from that. And uh, I just I had to get that out here uh, on the show. Uh, but let, let's do some free agent news. And, and what I want to do this week, instead of harping on who's a free agent, all that stuff, um, th- this is going to be a very Twitter-heavy show, and I want to read you uh, this Jason Stark tweet and, and just see what you have to think about it. Um, he tweeted out this this really hilarious all-free-agent team, and this is my favorite time of the year because it always happens, and not even just that um, – it's not even just that big free agents haven't signed in the last few years. You always get this tweet out like, wow, I can't believe that they, I can still create this all-free-agent team. So – I want what I want you to do, or I want you to to read this list to you, and, and we'll do the position players first, and then the pitchers after. But I want you to tell me if if you think he was reaching just a little bit on his lists to fill out a full team. So here we go. Can't believe it's still possible to do an all unemployed team on March 10th. But here goes: first base, Logan Morrison; second base, Brandon Phillips; shortstop, Jose Reyes; third base, Danny Valencia; left field, Chris Young. Center field, Adam Jones. Right field, Cargo. DH, Evan Gaddis. Catcher, Wilkin Castillo. Now, Adam Jones and Wilkin Castillo have, have since been signed, but what are your initial thoughts there? It sounds like <laughs> that sounds like your dad's fantasy team. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love the comparison because it really is. It's like, uh, it's like our 2K teams, but if we did baseball. You know, um, so let, let me just give you some stats and then we'll jump into the pitchers. So Jose Reyes batted 189 last year in 110 games. Brandon Phillips played I don't, nine, think got a hit. I don't think Brandon Phillips got a hit last year. He did it. He played in nine games yeah. last year, and I don't think he got a hit. Um, Chris Young batted 168 last year and 235 the year before. So I get it. If you're telling me, okay, it's a little crazy that Adam Jones, Cargo, Evan Gaddis haven't been signed, fine. But Jose Reyes and Brandon Phillips, uh, oh, Dan- Danny Valencia is good. But Logan Morrison, Chris Young, like, come on, give me a break. All right, pitching staff up next here. Ready? Rotation: Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, Bartolo Colon, James Shields, Edwin Jackson. Bullpen: Craig Kimbrell, Ryan Madsen, Tony Sip, Santiago Casilla, Jim Johnson, Chris Hatcher, AJ Ramos, and Matt Belisle. Initial thoughts there. I- I'll start on this one. Bartolo Colon. Obviously, we all love Bartolo, right? But is it really that insane that a 45-year-old pitcher with a 5-plus ERA last year and a 6-plus ERA the year before hasn't been signed? 
Next up, game <laughs> shields. And and I know, dude, I know we we talk about, we joke about <laughs> wins and losses. I know wins and losses don't matter. But I'm using it here to talk about a guy who is a quote-unquote ace who is 18 and 42 since 2016. These, the replies to this tweet are absolutely hilarious. I know. They're so good. And it's so incredible. Like, oh, I can't believe I'm still able to do this. I can't believe I'm able to scrounge around and find, like, random guys to put on this unemployed team. I didn't look up reliever numbers, but to me it's, it's really not that crazy that the guys outside of Kimbrell haven't been signed. Like, Tony Sip is is the guy that's passed around at the deadline from team to team. That I mean, Matson's like forty over forty, I think. <laughs> I know. So is Jim Johnson, and Ramos was yeah. terrible last year. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I mean, I, first of all, I, th- I thought James Shields and Edwin Jackson were signed, um, but <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. I mean, Jose Reyes, every Met fan in the world wanted him off the team last year. He was only there to basically be a uh, what's his name's friend. Uh, this is shortstop. I can't think of his name now. Oh, uh, Rosario. Yeah, Ahmed Rosario's like like dad, and now he's <laughs> not unnecessary there. Uh, yeah, and then I, this is great. I mean, this is this is a perfect tweet though because he this this actually isn't a perfect tweet. This is better for Facebook. If he put this on Facebook, this would do a lot better numbers just with that audience there. Oh, uh, definitely, definitely throughout Facebook, but Twitter. Yeah, it's 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 not the right uh, right crowd. Too smart no, the, of a crowd. The, for this Twitter. is for the WFN yeah. If Mike if Mike set out this list, he'd get callers saying how right he is all day. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's awesome. I actually I want to I want to look up James Shields. Maybe he did get signed in the last couple of days. I know Jackson did it. Um, no, Shields is Shields is still a free. He's still a free agent. I could have sworn I saw him pitching. Jeez. It, maybe he'll um he'll take the spot of Severino for opening day. Well, you know I want someone to sign with the Jackals to take away uh <laughs> um the absence of Matt Latos. Yes. Whether it's James Shields or Cologne, Edwin Jackson. So hopefully some of these guys stay free agents and they, they get big money to go live in uh, Cedar Grove um, and play for our Jackals. But. They make the max contract of $4,000 a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big signing for the Jets, um, Josh Bellamy. So the, the receiver oh, all right. position continuing to be uh, bolstered. Now we're talking. I, I hate Jameson Crowder signing, by the way. That guy's never healthy. Yeah, I'm. I don't love it either. But he, here's the thing. You know what I do love is I. I love that he went to Duke. I'm all in on these. These. Uh, it's, I think it's a Patriot move. Okay. All right. And so I, I like that. Um, yeah, the Patriot lot. move. If you can't get the white guy, get the guy who went to a white school. So I like that a lot of ex players are um, are liking this. Um, but yeah, the fact that he has to stay on the field in a contract year, I yep. mean, is is tough. But. It's it's effort. That's one thing you can't fault Mike McCagden. He is trying. So yeah, and 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 I like that. And and Oswali or however you say his name is great and pickup. Yeah. Um, and I uh, I heard uh, who who's the other guy they were talking about. Um, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, yeah, Paradis. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, a linebacker as well. I think Anthony Barr maybe. Anthony Barr. Yeah, he's he's been on their radar for a long time. I mean, he's somebody that to me is basically a Darren Lee clone. Um, but we'll go back into baseball. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's stop drifting away. And, and actually I'm, I'm going to take us away from baseball because we don't have a history lesson this week. Um, but what I am going to do, well, I still have to do the, the tick splits, t- 
takes blitz ad read. I'm so unprepared. I just never had this stuff up. I don't know why I don't just save it on my <laughs> on my doc. Um, but uh, let's let's do the ad read, and then we're gonna do a little story time. And and I kind of um, you know stealing this from other podcasts where they just read stories. Uh, but I'm gonna read you a story, and, and I think you'll like it. So takes blitz takes blitz ad read right here. I'd like to take a second to tell you guys about our new friends from TickSplits. I don't know if they're still our new friends. Uh, we've been doing this for a while. Uh, but they are the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges at TickSplits, the price you see is the price you pay. Dude, I'm butchering this. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing a sporting event concert or Broadway show of your choosing. Joe, did you use TickSplits to get your Weezer, Elton John, and Big East tournament tickets? I wish you had. Uh, I wish you had partnered with them before. I got these in <laughs> September. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you did, you could have gone to TickSplits.com and entered promo code Armchair at checkout to receive five percent off your total ticket purchase. That's T I X B L I T Z dot com. Promo code Armchair. TickSplits guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. I'm glad we're through that because I could not read. Um, okay, so I want to. This is an article from. Um, ESPN earlier that you might have seen, but I just want to read you the first part of it and, and get your thoughts on it. And it's not baseball related, but it, it takes the place of the history lesson, which is just not baseball related either. It's just about deaths. So, um, peeved pets. I did a rod lead lost as dogs quit. So that's your headline. Um, Musher Nicholas Petit lost a huge lead in the Iditarod trail sled dog race on Monday when his dog team refused to keep going after he yelled at one of the animals. A dog named Joey had been fighting with another dog on the team and jumped it during a break on the way to the Bering Sea. I yelled at Joey, and everybody heard the yelling, and that doesn't happen, Petit told the Iditarod Insider website. And then they wouldn't go anymore, anywhere, so we camped here. And then here's the big part. Several mushers passed Petit's team on trail, erasing his five-hour lead in the race. Five-hour lead he had. Lost it. And last year... He had a lead, just to give you the spark notes here, last year he had a lead of six hours, and he got lost in a blizzard, and he came in second place. <laughs> this guy has some pretty we, bad luck. <laughs> we can switch it. We can be in the Iditarod guys. I mean, I feel like we've we become the, the, the buster only of Iditarod. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, I love this. It doesn't even give credit to like who wrote this, because I think it was just like a bot. <laughs> that wrote this out. I, yeah, whatever bot controls can Seiko's Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just amazing. Like, how ter- this is like the the worst thing to be a part of is the Iditarod because you're just in grueling, grueling conditions going, uh, you're, you're controlling eight dogs or whatever it is. And for two straight years, you have a combined lead of 11 hours and lose. That's brutal. That is just brutal. Um, PETA has not made a comment yet, so we're all anxiously awaiting PETA's comment on this. Uh, but I don't know I don't know that any more needs to be said about that, but I just wanted to make sure people knew about that. Um, so any any other final thoughts about you? Um, this is, I mean, I, I'm all for, you know, I feel like every 30 for 30 I've seen in the last 10 years has just been about old basketball games. Mm-hmm. I think there's an untapped market for this, right? Yeah, there has to be. And and I'm sure, like, this is great, but I'm sure there's also, like, a doping scandal maybe we could look into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doping. Kind of equipment, maybe. 
That's mm-hmm. always a good one. Maybe um, robotic dogs. Yeah, or deflated uh, <laughs> snow tires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I the thing I really love about this is is that. The dogs, like, he yelled at the dogs, and then the dogs were all just like, screw you, man. <laughs> you suck. We're not, we're not running anymore. Um, what, yeah, it's just, it's, it really is a pretty cruel, kind of inhumane way to treat these dogs, to have them pull a person and all the supplies for that long. Uh, but they're doing it, and, and maybe just don't yell at the dog. You have a five-hour lead. Like, how about, <laughs> how about just calm down, and you'll be fine, and just finish the race. The um, Nick Saban of Iditarod. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I want to look up what what do you think the payout is for the Iditarod winner? <laughs> uh, tw- tw- Fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. All right, I'm looking it up. Um, last year, the first place winner won fifty thousand six hundred fifty thousand six hundred and twelve dollars. Wow, so it's actually higher, higher than we thought. Um, I, I don't want to do all the, the math for the total, but it's, it's somewhere around two to 300,000 for the total pot. And, uh, our boy, Nicholas Petit, he only lost out on, on less than, or just about $8,000 for coming in second place. So there's not a huge disparity there between first and second place. Um, he lost by two hours last year. That sucks. Uh, so yeah, pretty much everyone in the race is from Alaska, and then the dude from Norway won. So that's pretty cool. The uh, mental anguish is worth a lot more than eight hundred dollars, though. Oh yeah, no, well eight thousand dollars, but yeah, uh, no, I know. I, I mean, and then especially this year is is just just brutal. I guess I guess he could he could pull back into the lead because the race isn't done yet. I guess this was <laughs> this was checkpoint twenty. And there's four more checkpoints. So, all right, we're we're big Iditarod guys now. I will I will keep everyone posted next week. But this goes a thousand miles, dude. You're making these dogs go a thousand miles with all this weight. At, uh, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous sport. <laughs> uh, all right, Jill. Let, let's move on. Let's move on because I, I want you to be able to watch the Mammoth game. Uh, so I, I could talk Iditarod all night. But, but we oh, wanted- I love it. I, I just I, I wasn't prepared for that. No, like, I, 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 I don't think you're gonna go. I did a rod in the, the heart of the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave my dad the week off because he's traveling. <laughs> they actually it's it's really funny. He's at a uh, retreat with some people from his church, and um, they're not allowed to use their phones. It's it's like being at camp, you know, when you're in seventh grade or something. Uh, but they can't use their phones. So my mom sent me this emergency number that I can call. Um, but, uh, unfortunately if I call the emergency number, I can't just get them to record a quick history lesson, I guess. So doesn't, doesn't qualify as an emergency. So I was like, what could I put in its place? And I was going to play the Dolan video, but it didn't really translate just audio. Uh, so I figured why not? I did around makes sense. So, so now, you, now, you know, how my brain works. That's the behind the scenes logic of, of making, um, making spurtability. Joe, I, I want you. I want you to introduce Boomer Carton because it's been a while since we've done it, and it's it's your segment idea, and it's so irrelevant now. <laughs> it's like three years past its relevance, uh, but we're bringing it back this week. So I want you to explain it. I would say it's relevant as somebody who who is a a daily Boomer and Geo listener. Sure. Um, I always we always think about Carton. 
<laughs> uh, but obviously the scandal with, uh, is it Craig or Chris? Craig Martin. Um, he sold uh, some fake tickets to fund his, his gambling uh, debts. And uh, he... Some fake to like four million dollars. I don't really know. I honestly, I don't. I never really knew what he did. I don't know. Dude, he, do you I think he was involved with the fire? Do you think he was involved with Billy McFarland and his fake ticket scam right after the fire fest? That makes sense. I mean, I think that was more of a millennial thing. I think I don't know how old Carton is. I feel like he was always much older than he looked. But anyway, and the point is, Carton is bad. Boom is good. Yeah, right. Car- Carton's a fraud. Right. Okay. Fraudulent. That's that's actually yes. You know, I invented this, and I can't even explain it correctly. <laughs> hey, he's fifty, by the way, Carton. Yeah. See, that's or, no. Or he would look at the, he, he talks like he's nineteen. I know, and that's why he's the worst. Um, yeah. So you're right. This is uh, so boom is is instead of boom or bust, you've got boom or Carton. And then uh, we have the well. I won't spoil it because his name might pop up later, and we can explain. Yeah, it might. The other one uh, in there. So, do you want to go? We're we're doing so this week. We're going to do players. So each of us has mm-hmm. five statements about a player, um, and the other one will say if it's a boomer or a bust, uh, or a boomer or carton. Excuse me. <laughs> we're really butchering the segment. And then um, next week we'll do teams. So, do you want to go first with your first statement, or should I? Yes. So my first statement is, and I think you saw this coming. Um, but I have some, this is the only Yankee one I have. Okay. Um, Manny Machado will have a more productive season. I mean, I'm sorry, Miguel Andujar will have a more productive season than Manny Machado. Boom. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say boom. And I'm going to say big time boom on this one. I think, I think Andujar feels like he's got a chip on his shoulder because he, he should have won rookie of the year last year and he didn't. And Yankee fans still, myself included, wanted Machado over Andujar. So I think I think he feels like he's got something to prove. And then on the flip side, I think Machado feels like he's in San Diego. They're not really trying to win this year. They're trying to win next year, maybe 2021. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. Career, I don't know if I would agree career, but but this year I, I totally No, I'm just saying this is all 2019, right? Uh, yeah, all 2019. 2019 and, and, season. I'm just saying, Andujar Machado. And and send send all these to me after the show so we can check back later to see uh, how right or wrong we are. Uh, but just mark if I said it was going to be a boomer carton. Um, okay. All right. So you're you're up with your first one. I'm going to say that uh, your first one is your guy, Chris Davis with a K, will hit 247 for the fifth straight year this year. Yeah. No way. I, I'm happy you asked this. Um, the, now that the eyes are on, it should have been, this should have been a known thing like two years ago. Yep. You know, I just feel like this to go five years, just way too much. Um, <laughs> but so he did I'm that saying, 244 the year before he started this trend. So he's, he's always been right. I, I think he's going way down. I, th- I think he's going to, I, I'm going to go not only a carton, but I'm going to say he's like a 200 hitter. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And I'm going to mark that down. Uh, yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that. But I don't you want it though? Don't you want him to hit two forty seven again? Oh I do, but there's just it's too many eyes. It's too many eyes. These guys are too smart that to, to let him hit two forty seven one more time. <laughs> and and for those of you that don't know, Chris Davis has hit two forty seven for four straight seasons. 
uh, which which I guess was self-explanatory. But uh, absolutely phenomenal. You're right. It after the second year that it happened in a row, it should have been a, a major- yeah. It should have been known everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, give me your second. So my second one. This is a story that came out today. I figured this was a good time to to put it in. It's not so much. It it is kind of a player's prediction. Um, so there is a coach, and let me find his name real quick. Um, his name is. Hold on. Sorry, um, I can hear the. Uh, the, the can you, can like, you hear the typing? Yeah, it so- sounds like you're mashing, like <laughs> hammering something. I don't, I don't know. My, my my microphone just picks up this. My uh, okay. His name is Jonathan Ehrlichman. Okay. Okay. Have you heard about Jonathan Ehrlichman? I have not. Okay, so this is the article from the Wall Street Journal. The MLB coach who only played T-ball. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's only played. He's from Canada. He's never faced live pitching. He is as his only baseball um, responsibility is in T-ball. He's okay. an analytics coach. He spent six seasons working in stats. So there's this article talking about how. He now joins the players in the outfield to track the trajectory of fly balls. Okay, so my my boomer carton is, and he will be joining the team before games, before every game. Okay, as their process and analytics coach, the first of his kind. Okay, he's the first guy that'll be on the field in the dugout doing these things with the players that has no real coaching experience. He's not a coach. Okay, he's a process and analytics guy. It's a whole new department. So my boomer card is: Will he get seriously injured by a fly ball, boom or oh. card? Oh wow! Um, you know what? I'm gonna say so. I'm gonna say Carton, and the reason why is because think about the guys that get injured by the fly balls. It's it's guys like Mariano, the, the easy mm-hmm. example, who's who's trying hard and and actually going for it, and and um, you know he's kind of hot dogging but also trying to catch it this guy is going to be so hyper aware of where that ball is that he will never get hurt i mean he will sooner run away and and quit the team than he gets hurt from a fly ball uh so i'm gonna say carton on this one yeah i i agree i think uh it's kind of like the chris davis thing too many eyes and it's going to be brought up a lot i'm telling you right now this is going to be the new jimmy graham played uh, basketball, yep. you know, and those yep. and those dog day games against the Rays, uh, you're gonna be hearing about this a lot. So <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, Carton as well. There. Okay, good. I'm glad glad we're in agreement. I I'm on uh, Carton as well on the Chris Davis. By the way, um, I agree with you on that. But okay, so uh, my second one and um, is Luke Voigt, and this is my first and only Yankees one. Good. Luke Voigt will no longer be a New York Yankee now. That could mean released. It could mean traded. It could mean sent down to the minors by June first of this year. Wow, uh, I'm carting on that one. I, I think I think June first is a little early. I think they're going to give this guy a long time. Uh, the coaches might just be coach speak, but they seem very high on him. He really does work the count. Like I, I've been saying this on the podcast a couple of times. I think he's a better hitter than he gets credit for. Mm-hmm. I actually think the power might be overrated. I think he might not be this like uh, Matt Stairs type player. I think he might be more just like a, oh, Matt a Stairs. pretty good first baseman. Uh, that's going to like get on base a lot and work the count and hit a lot of doubles. So I'm in on Luke Voigt. And, and he's done nothing to prove me wrong. Everyone's like, oh, it's got to, you know, 
it's going to end soon. I mean, they have a lot, you know, guys like Didi Gregorius who kind of caught their footing a little bit later on. And uh, who knows who's to say this guy's going to be any different. So no, I'm going to say uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cartoning that. And uh, even if he is struggling, I still think June 1st is too early. I, I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see Luke Voigt be nothing but a success. I, I actually really like the guy. I just have this weird vision in my head of Luke Voigt batting under 100, like batting 091 for the first two months and Greg Bird coming out hot somehow to start and then Luke Voigt um, getting, getting outright released or placed on waivers or whatever. Um, all right, give me your third. Uh, my third is you say Kikuchi will lead the American League in saves. Is he a relief pitcher? I thought he was a starter. Uh, he's been coming out of the bullpen. Uh, yeah, he's he's going to be. Let's see. He's coming out of the bullpen in spring training because I've seen okay. two separate innings for him. Um, I guess he did start in Japan. I might be wrong on this. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. He, I'm pretty sure he's like yeah. The he's ace. gonna start. You know what? He <laughs> he is gonna start. He's been coming out pitching a couple innings and in, uh, yeah. You know what? He's gonna start. So I'm gonna have to scratch that. So All let's right. go to yours. You can do two straight. Okay. I he was a loser. Wow. <laughs> um, all right. So I'll, I'll go. I'll go to mine. Um, Mike Mustakis, who has just announced uh, that he would be the starting second baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers, will set an MLB record for errors at second base this season. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, because Carton, because Chuck Knobloch has to have the record, right? Oh yeah. Let's let's see. I mean, I'll look named, it up. So. <laughs> um, they've named the the disease after him. Uh, yeah, but did he get taken away from second base? <laughs> I thought he got put to second base because that was the easier throw. Was it? I, I really don't remember. All right, let's see. Errors for a second baseman. Um, he had twenty six in nineteen ninety nine. the career. The career. Oh wait, are these most? 857. That sounds like a lot for a career. Yeah, that's that's fake news. So uh, I have 27 by Willie Randolph in 1991. Okay. That's that's going to be uh I think that's the most 30 by uh Bobby Gritch in uh 1983. 43 in 1940. That doesn't matter. We have to say true to the podcast. In recent yeah. memory, Knobloch is the most with 22 since uh, 1999. <laughs> what do you What do you think about four in other positions? Yeah, total errors he made 26, but just a second base he made 22. So yeah. What, what about What do you think about? I don't know. Sergeant Castro made 21 last year. Wow. That yeah, I dude, I think I think it's wait, hold on. So Ian Kinsler, Alfonso Soriano, and Ricky Weeks, they've all had. Five seasons leading the league in yeah, second base. That's unbelievable. Uh, so, are you saying a boomer or a carton? Uh, carton. carton. Way too many in this day and age. I, man, I don't know. I, they're they're pretty committed to this. Only offense matters. I, I might go with a boom here. I also I do think there's something to the fact that he doesn't have a ton of range, and he, there might just be a lot of balls he misses. Yeah, it's, yeah, that is true. It's almost like you, you need to get to 
Yeah, that's very true. I think that's why Derek Jeter never made a ton of errors in a season. He mm-hmm. just missed all of the grounders. <laughs> Could never get to the ball, yeah. Um, all right, so so give me your fourth then. Um, my fourth one is – Or you're, you're technically your third, I guess. Well, my third one, yeah. You know what? You're right, my third one. So let me get um, – let's see. Which one do I want to pull out first? All right, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. makes his MLB debut – before May 1st. I was going to say before or after, it doesn't matter. May okay. 1st, over under. Boomer Carton that he makes it um, before May 1st. Okay. I actually, I have uh, <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s in my next next one as well. Uh, I say I say a Carton just because of his injury. Um, he's got that, that left quad strain. The Blue Jays are going to be really bad this year. And I think they're going to use that as an excuse or left oblique strain, I think. Uh, I think they're going to use that as an excuse to keep him out until after May 1st. I think that's – if you had said Fernando Tatis Jr., I think he might come up sooner rather than later. But, son of Fernando Tatis. Son of Fernando Tatis, thank you. Uh, but I, I think Vlad – I'd say Carton on that. I, I think his um, debut is going to be May 2nd. Wow. I'm saying Carton. I think he comes up like the last week in April. I just think I think the MLB is almost going to have to to intervene with this. <laughs> the, the Blue Jays are not. They're not going to lose an extra year for a lost season when they could <laughs> just say the guy's hurt. It's just not going to happen, dude. I get it, but I mean, I think he's going to start speaking out. I think that that's going to be your issue, and he's going to the, the fans will turn real fast. I don't know. Do, I, do they have fans? No one goes to those games anymore. I mean, there's look, there's the expos are done. This is all they have, you know. That's true. So. <laughs> Same city. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Let, let's jump into mine because I also have, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. will be all stars in 2019. Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cart in that. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't see that. I, th- I, th- I think they're both going to strike out a lot. Um, I, th- I, I think we're spoiled with, with Acuna and um, yeah. the other one on the Braves there. <laughs> uh, Soto on the Nationals. I mean, these guys are coming up and just mashing. I mean, it's not realistic, you know. And a, a, a team like that, I mean, it's hard to focus like that on, on that kind of team, you know. I feel like they're just going to be swinging for the fences all day. Yeah, it's true, but – I think so. Every every team needs a representative at the All Star game, and I think if you're thinking about the Blue Jays, you're thinking about fan interest and fan vote. I could see Vladimir Guerrero being that uh, guy, and then the Padres fans. I think I think they're going to be at least decent to start the year, and that's where I could see Tatis and Machado both making the All Star team. Um, but it's we'll see. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you my last one then, right? Because I have one more than you, I think. Yeah. Okay. So my last one is uh, Christian Yelich will win the Triple Crown this year. Last year he was first in batting, second in RBIs, and third in homers. Uh, I'm also going to cart in that. Ah, you cartoned all of mine. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's a carton. I mean, look, he, he's Derek Uter knows what he's doing in Miami. Yelich is a, is a one year guy. Not enough on the tape yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, and and I, again, I don't want to go too far. I feel like we're, we're swerving too far into the team boomer boomer carton, which will be next week. Um, 
but I'm, I'm, I'm also going to car in that. Listen, I, I, I uh, if I could do a little player prop, I would go down on all his numbers. To be honest with you. I think without uh, the protection of uh, Eric Timms in the lineup, you know, I don't think he's going to repeat that kind of season. Um, yeah. I'm down, down on Christian Yellick. Yeah, I actually I, I cart in this one. You know, this, triple crown is hard, dude. I mean, that is <laughs> he's he's no Miguel Cabrera. Uh, this is right. not one I believe in, but I I I didn't I didn't want to say he's going to hit fifty home runs or something. I mean, he was very close to the triple crown last year. Uh, he was off by you know probably two homers and and a couple RBIs. So uh, you know, I wanted to push the boundaries there and, and see what you thought, but I I tend to agree with you. All right, give me your last one, David Price sub. Four ERA for the season. Boom, Ricardin. Um. Well, I, I hate to leave. I hate to leave Al Dukes unused, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to because I say. Oh man. Um. I I, I say. I say Carton on that. Uh. I mean, he was he was definitely obviously good in the World Series, but uh, I don't I don't just don't think the Red Sox are going to be as good this year as they were last year, and Price wasn't that good last year, and I don't take that one season of of postseason success and think that's going to translate into a full season of success again, and I think he's going to be in one of the harder divisions to pitch in, um, even with those teams, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Rays. Bad. They're all kind of built to score runs. So I, I say Carton. I say Carton. I say I say it's going to be close, but Carton. We all know David Price stinks, but his his numbers are good, which is the appeal of David Price. He picks on bad teams, and anytime plays, he gets shelled. Twenty sixteen, he went seventeen and nine, started thirty five games, and pitched to a three point ninety nine ERA. Okay, I'm not going to leave Al Dukes unused. And I'm going to say Al Dukes, the producer of the show, who has increased his role since the loss of Craig Carton. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think four exactly. That's what I'm going with there. Okay, four point oh oh. All right, I like that. What was he? What was he last year? What was his ERA? Three fifty-eight. Three. Wow. And even though it seemed like a horrible year, I, I mean, it's not it's not good, but it's not you know egregious for the contract. It's bad. I think he pitched against the Yankees three times, and he lasted a total of six. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, he probably was a a 12 against them, but (laughs) there's other teams. All right. Wow. All right. So uh, I like that. Uh, I like that exactly at four. And, uh, Joe, I'm I'm just checking the clock, and and your boys are are tipping off. Uh, So let's let's wrap it up. I'm very excited to see you this week. Um, You and I, we're we're going to the Big East tournament, which will be a lot of fun on, on Thursday. Uh, we're actually be joined by friend of the program, uh, Kevin Harrington. Uh, yes. I don't know if he listens, but <laughs> uh, he's, he's a friend regardless. And uh, so that, that should be good. And, um, yeah, I think that's about it. I did want to say, once again, follow us uh, at SpurtAbilityPod on Twitter. And uh, if you want to join my March Madness bracket, uh, just leave leave a message for me on, on Twitter or whatever. I, I check the SpurtAbility account. You can just DM us. Uh, $15 for one entry, $25 for two. I'm hoping my goal for the pot this year is, is $600, but we'll see. Um, Joe, do you have any last thoughts? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I will lose that. Um, but, yeah, Flyhawks, <laughs> we're, uh, we're underway already. 6 nothing, Mavis. All right. Good luck, man.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.